Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome to the IAB UK Connected podcast. From the IAB, I'm James Chandler, here to bring you news and views from across the industry in a social distancing friendly form. With our hands still throbbing from last night's national show of appreciation for the NHS, coronavirus continues to dominate our thoughts, feeds and shape our daily lives. In this episode, I talked to Joe Evans, who is head of tech at Enders Analysis. We got into the need for quality journalism, where there could be opportunity for D2C brands right now, and what content from the likes of Netflix might look like in three months' time. But I started by asking Joe about advertising spend comparisons between the COVID-19 outbreak and 2008's financial recession. We're inevitably going to reach for historical comparisons, and 2008 is the big one that looms in everyone's mind. Uh, I think there are useful things to be learned from it, um, but what's important to remember is that this is going to be a very different kind of economic mm. situation um, with with different effects. So, you know, while there were brands who spent through 2008 and came out on the other side, I mean, we know we have the data that strong brands recovered a lot quicker than weak brands, mm. uh, and that it was a good idea to invest in brand building at that time uh, rather than, you know, tactical promotional activity yeah. this time around i think it's it's you know it's easy to talk about brand investment but when you're looking at companies that are facing existential crises because all of their demand has suddenly dropped away their mm. cash flow has dried up um you know it's easy to talk about brand investment but really what's going to be first in their mind is just surviving yeah, everyone's gone very, very short term. The idea of long term brand building at the moment, I'd imagine, isn't very high up lots of uh, lots of advertiser to do lists. Uh, particularly, yeah, I guess, exactly. if you're in travel, if you're in you know uh, air travel, or you're in any kind of travel, I guess, and there's many more categories in between as well. Um, is there? You know, we've done a um, a lot of work around direct consumer brands who are slightly different not immune to this of course but maybe they don't have the same challenges as if i'm a direct consumer a toothpaste brand for example and i don't need to rely on retailers and i don't need to rely on people walking into physical shops to get them is there any sort of opportunity in this if you're if you're selling direct consumers rather than via retailers in that sort of more traditional model yeah, that's the big unknown, I think, right now, because those sorts of advertisers are now a big part of the growth story for online advertising. Hmm. Um, so the question is, can they come out of this a bit better than others? And and the big question there is, I think, you know, a lot of these brands are not profitable, then they don't rely on immediate cash flow on revenues to fund their operations, including marketing. So, you know, they they have equity investors from private equity, they have, you know, they're debt funded in a lot of cases. So the big question there is what happens to these capital markets? Mm. Does that start start to dry up as investors seek, you know, safer, safer asset classes? Uh, which is a really difficult question to answer right now. I think, mm. you know, everyone's panicking. Um, but you know, if not, maybe it does look like a good time to be debt funded rather than reliant on cash flow when demand is going through the floor. Yeah. Um which is, you know, a long way of saying we don't really know. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical that that these brands are going to have the same easy access to credit as they have for the last ten years. Yeah. And that, that is going to make things a lot more difficult for you know them as well. Um, maybe it looks better to be light on debt, a big company that's gone through recessions before, uh, rather than you know a small or medium enterprise that is direct consumer yeah, and has really relied wholly on online advertising up till now. 
Mm. And I guess the other bit that comes with that is, um, you know, stronger brands that have been around uh, a long time have that brand building they've been doing for years and years to fall back on, where I guess with a lot of D2Cs, perhaps as you say, who have built um, built their business through community or built it, you know, sometimes exclusively through uh, through online channels, is there an argument perhaps that they don't have that um, that, that big brand awareness to fall back on that may, maybe some of the other big brands have? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, another class of business that's you know really struggling right now are the kind of local businesses mm. and they have you know they're there are they have communities around them who are willing to sort of band together i've seen a lot of a lot of kind of fundraising or initiatives to support kind of local eateries or you know yeah. local retailers a lot of these uh d2c brands these online built brands they don't really have a sense of place that that people are kind of falling back on now mm. which which could support them you know which is supporting other smaller businesses so that if they don't have the long-term brand building and they don't have this sort of you know community appreciation then i think things could be made very difficult for them yeah it's a really interesting point um i'd love to get into some channel specific stuff with you if that's okay um firstly around news brands publishers i mean it feels like the need for quality journalism i mean this case has been made over and over for the past um three four years but now more than ever before when you are fact checking stuff we need quality journalism we need the news reported factually um yet I, I'd imagine there's not a huge amount of advertisers uh, who would proactively want to be around the news cycle at the moment, given what given what it's about. Um, that's an obvious problem for publishers and news brands, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a sort of perverse situation where news publishers are seeing record traffic. Mm. You know, their value has never been more apparent. At the same time, their revenue is from advertising is cratering, right? Because advertisers are pausing spend or don't want to be associated with, you know, COVID yeah. uh, topics. Um, so they're, you know, doing block lists around uh, around that topic. Um, so, you know, news, news brands are in that really difficult situation. I think there are a couple of things that are, are going to result from this. I mean, first is... Publish, news publishers are, 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 have already been reckoning with the fact that while advertising is an important part of their mix, it can't be everything that they rely on. Yeah. You know, some will be able to make that work, but you know, not the majority. Uh, so they're going to look at revenue diversification off the back of this. The other thing is specifically with regard to block lists, I think there's a lot of education to be done with advertising agencies around mm. the role of brand safety, what it's actually for. I mean, if you think back to what brand safety was about, it was about you know not funding extremist content not yes. funding isis videos on youtube mm. or you know genuine fake news operations uh, it wasn't about not being seen next to negative stories mm. in legitimate news organizations you know consumers aren't you know children who see a negative story and associate it with whatever logo happens to be next to it on advert yeah. i think there's a job of education to be done by publishers to say look even if the news we're reporting is is bad news being associated with our trusted brand where people are getting vital information yes. is actually still a good thing for your brand. And I think this whole, as you said it, brand safety versus brand suitability debate comes up again and again. We were talking about it only two episodes ago, getting that line right. It seems harder than, than maybe it should be, but uh, some of the work we've been doing with different players on content, content verification and yeah, a bit of handholding, as you say, and a bit of education around. And, and some of this stuff is happening, happening inadvertently. We were talking the other day with uh, Lara at DigiDay who was saying, 
actually some of these uh, things like the COVID or anything around outbreak or virus is probably rolled up as part of a um, you know natural disasters type grouping that you don't want to be around normally, but people have just forgotten to take it out of there therefore you're inadvertently blocking all this stuff around right yeah COVID, and you are start, you're starting to see some some people being a bit clever about it you know there are lots of articles which mention it which are actually about you know how best to work from home mm. you know that yeah. is perfectly brand safe content sometimes that's really you know great content to be adjacent to yeah uh, so i think people are gonna you know the pricing if there's if there's a pricing difference that's opened up by block lists you know brands will start taking advantage of that yeah but you know it's part of a broader question i think the brand safety concerns from a topic block list point of view often kind of miss the point from journalism to content makers then uh, a slightly rosier story in a different way for the netflix prime videos you know disney plus launched in the uk uh, this week um uh, they're not having such a tough time with it <laughs> um, quite, quite the opposite in terms of numbers yeah, they're looking, you know, really strong. And because they do monetize directly, mm. the more people use them, the more money they make, you know, uh, to to a first approximation. Uh, so they're looking in a really good good position from you know from a from a demand point of view. The issue that they're going to face is these these uh, restrictions around production. Yes, if you know they're pouring lots of money into mm. high end drama, as as we know they are, and these uh, productions all get pushed back by a matter of months in some cases you know that if if you're netflix and you've sort of weaned your viewers to expect mm. new new high quality content on a rolling continuous basis and then that sort of dries up in a few months time for a period of months then that could start to hit your uh, customer acquisition yeah it's a good point and you think about it with any sort of content production whether you're a record label whether your uh, netflix coronation street's been put you know there's a bunch of stuff we're gonna go through this period aren't we after we come out the other end of this there's gonna be this sort of period of you know we're still on repeats maybe that's uh, maybe that's when live sport perhaps comes back into its own because it'll be sort of the most wealthy yeah, you can, thing ever. you can ramp that up pretty quickly yeah and, you know but in the meantime with no no sport being or less sport being played you know that's that's going to make things tough i mean i i think that the um you know, if I were the Olympics, I'd be looking to get broadcasters mm. to put on some historic Olympics, you know, <laughs> you know, day by day, go through. You know. I mean, just from a morale point of view, I just whacked 20, uh, London 2012 on again. Yeah, exactly. Literally from start to finish, I, I'd certainly watch it again. Um, <laughs> and then a quick nod to outdoor as well, particularly, you know, we're seeing, you know, cities completely empty now. These are prime locations, you know, uh, London Underground, you know, all this sort of stuff. Uh, uh, that outdoor market is kind of, on pause i guess maybe there's some smarter stuff you can do around the digital panels but paper and paste out of home i guess isn't a huge demand at the moment particularly within inner cities is that a right assumption to make yeah i think that's i think that's exactly right uh you know you're seeing some stuff on the margins where out of home providers in the us are saying okay now it's not a great time to be in subways but mm. there are still you know truckers on the roads uh yes. so maybe some road uh, uh, inventory, you know, side of the road inventory is still uh, worth investing in, but you know that's that's looking for a silver lining in what is a very, very grim picture. You know, I think when we all go back to work, we're going to see posters still on the tube for films that never yeah. actually came out. You know, because when the the demand for that dries up, they just leave the old ones up. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so and that's the only case. I mean, with all the other media, I think the supply of impressions is. You know, it seems to be going up. You know, more mm. people watching TV, more people online. That doesn't Into do radio, podcast, yeah, exactly. all that stuff. Yeah, 
And what that does is that, you know, mostly that just reduces the price of the inventory because mm. the demand is dropping, right? Out of home is the only area where you're seeing this, you're going to see this massive supply constriction. People just aren't out there seeing the ads. Uh, and that's going to be fatal in its own way. Do you think there's um, a, a, a similar thing with DM as well? I, and this, you've got to be slightly careful how much you read on social media. People slightly freaking out of post men and women putting DM through letterboxes and potentially that needs intense 20 seconds of hand washing when you've touched it. DM not suffering from the same thing perhaps that paper and paste out of home is? Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't really speculate. I haven't seen any data on DM, no. but you know, maybe that, that would be an effect. I know, for example... Um, you know, going back to press, the evening salad is now delivering yes. um, copies. We had it, we were in zone two, we had a, a copy through our door yesterday. Mm. Uh, it's, it was a little light in advertising, um, <laughs> but you know, that's now, is that now DM? I mean, um, but it's hard to say. I, I mean, people are still, we know people are still getting deliveries, so yes. they are in some way happy to get yeah. stuff delivered yeah. to them. It's a lot safer than going out. As I say, you need to be slightly mindful of what you read, don't you? Um, j- just to finish then, Joe, uh, other companies that are seeing a, an uptick from what's happening because they're providing um, some sort of product or service that works. I particularly think about, uh, you know, the, the Zoom share price is one that's, uh, that's touted. Of course, there's, there's Hangouts, there's Slack. WhatsApp have done lots with World Health Organization, with the NHS. Uh, Peloton would be the other one, I think, that probably springs to mind um, after going through a fairly ropey time with the... Uh, from that uh, ad that they put out to now, pr- probably not a bad thing to have a Peloton bike sat in your home for three months. Um, anyone else that you think is uh, just like some of those content providers, um, uh, seeing an increase in sales or use of their service rather than uh, rather than the downturn, which the majority of us perhaps are. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, there's a lot of um, e-learning providers yeah. out there. I mean, we, we saw some data out of China that suggested that maybe a third of people who were trapped at home tried out some kind of mm. e-learning uh, software. And with a lot of people on furlough or laid off, you know, people are going to be looking to reskill. Uh, so that kind of thing, like you say, you know, Zoom, everyone's using Zoom now. Um, and and all these new economy companies that are forming the backbone mm. of you know a completely remote uh, society, um, but you know like I say when when you're looking in the longer term when you're looking at a big global recession, to a first approximation there aren't going to be any winners. Everyone's yeah. going to hurt. House party is the other one, I guess. I need to get into house party, but top of the <laughs> uh, top of the uh, app app store charts, and uh, it seems everyone's doing it. Perhaps except me. I need to get into yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, 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 just on a general point, the thing is that this is, you know, this is going to change the world in the long term. Uh, and just as, a, like you suggested, going on the App Store top charts, the App Store top charts, you know, have looked pretty similar for yeah. the last five <laughs> years. You know, yeah. now you go on and it's totally different. Mm. You know, I, uh, apps you've never heard of are in the top 10. Um, everyone's Google Classroom now done, is, is you know, there, you know, yeah, all these things. Yes, yes. Um, uh, Joe, that was amazing. We, we could talk for, for more and more. That was absolutely fantastic insight. But before you go there, while I've still got you, there's sort of two questions I would love to ask you. One is to, uh, for you to describe the view as you see it from where you're sat now. Uh, well, I'm by a window, uh, so I'm seeing the beautiful sunshine. I yes. feel, you know, really trolled by the British weather the last few days. <laughs> you know, it rained solidly for about two weeks. And then as soon as we're all in uh, quarantine, the sun just comes out. Um, so, you know, that's nice. There are birds outside, though. It's very idyllic, even if I can't go there. 
It's very good. Uh, and and the second question is lots of talk of people making lists at the very start of uh, when we were locked down. Um, have you got such a list and have you ticked anything off of it yet? Uh, I don't have a list, but, um, you know, kind of a bit of luck. I just started, uh, you know, baking bread just before all this kicked ah. off. Uh, so I figured it was a good time to, um, to really, you know, get in some of these slower loaves, you know, your sourdoughs until uh, you go to the shops and there isn't any flour. <laughs> Yes, I'm sure it's probably right for a number of recipes. Um, Joe, that was amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, we will catch up with you soon, no doubt. But thank you for coming on. The IAB UK podcast. And that's it for this episode. Joe was incredible. We could easily have talked for an hour. Such a deep level of insight, but where's it very likely at the same time? He was great. Uh, we'll be back with another podcast instalment next week. We've got some brilliant guests lined up for you. In the meantime, make sure you check out ibuk.com forward slash connected and let us know if there's anything you'd like to contribute. Just email info at ibuk.com. And as ever, don't forget to share, rate us and spread the word. If you want more information on what the IEB does and how you can get in touch, find us online at ibuk.com or at ibuk on Twitter and Instagram. Stay safe, but more importantly, of course, stay home. We'll be back soon with lots more. Bye-bye. IAB UK, building a sustainable future for digital advertising.